wait, wait, you, you want me to be like funny haha or funny what I'd do with David Tennant and Nathan Fillion with two hours and a bottle of baby oil? Oh, oh, okay. Um, hi, this is Julie Maris from Wicked okay. Unscripted and here comes Sci-Fi Saturday Night. We will begin a mass invasion. We'll tell your people to surrender now and avoid war. Don't think you get me so easily! It is now time for us to put Earth under our rule. It's your sacred duty to tell us the truth. Confess, confess that we've been guilty of witchcraft. Can overrun the entire world? No, we cannot be defeated. We have never been defeated. That is the message. Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. Five by Saturday nights. It's Talkcast 140, and it's our annual graphite reclamation night here in Sci-Fi Saturday Night. Deep in Area 51, sharpening my pencils. I am the Dome. Joining the talk cast tonight are the usual suspects in the Revere Time Vortex, the violent soundboard vixen herself, Kriana. Okay, go get yourself an auto-rotating Kuru Toga pencil at jetpens.com. You will <clears throat> thank me. <laughs> Clearly another unpaid advertisement. Jetpens.com. <laughs> from the stack of the personal silent zone in the dank dungeon reading room, it's the evil woman of the books herself, Zombrarian. I'm not evil. Oh, okay. I'm not. No, she's not. All right. I don't think from, it's possible. From the Four Hiller Vault of Comics in Manchester, New Hampshire, flesh-eating penciler to the stars, Illustrator X. Happy birthday, Ray Harryhausen. 92 young. Yes! That was yes! strangely odd. And with yes! him, his lovely ingenue shuffling her way into our hearts, zombie apocalypse beauty queen, the dead redhead. I'm telling you, the guy was only on pot. He had nothing else in him. He was a real zombie. I'm just saying. Joining the show tonight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Help us. Joining the show tonight is... Uh, a guy who came back, uh, right. which takes guts more than anything else. Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> came, back. came back the very next day. Okay, so it's it's Ted thing, Woods, guys. <laughs> yeah, my clever thing that I I have to say is going to require some participation from you guys. Okay, knock knock. Who's there? Who's there? Doctor. Oh, oh I see what you did there. <laughs> <laughs> I I really I'm trying to take credit for coming up with that joke because I said it to Julie actually Julie Mayers um, at Boston Comic Con and she thought it was hilarious and then like a week or two later I saw somebody else posted it on Facebook so I'm like viral <laughs> I, I I think I came up with that joke but I didn't post it Julie didn't post it but so. that's okay because Julie's got the filthiest mind in the universe thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> let, let's start. I short. really like that joke, even though I've only seen one episode of Doctor Who. So. <laughs> let's we'll start off the that show later. with just a, a yeah. somber note. Uh, Illustrator X. We're not going to start with a somber note. We're going to start with the fact that because we're taping it on a Friday, because we're just wacky that way. Okay. It's Ray Harryhausen's 92nd birthday. And, and for those of you who don't know who Ray Harryhausen is, stick your head next to the computer right now so I can slap you. Right. My head's next to it. What do I do now? Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't want to see Orson the original Wells, you know, Titan. If you've ever say. seen Mighty Joe Young, if you've oh, ever okay. seen that really cool stuff. Yeah. That was Ray Harryhausen. Yeah. Sinbad. Yeah. Uh, the, the Eye Titans. of the Tiger. Yeah. Um, and, um, yeah, Clash of the Titans and all that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that, that, that clay stuff, and it kind of moved. Yeah. Like, no, actually, the, um, I remember. All the, the monster. Yeah. Yeah. 
All the monsters with the DTs there, yeah. Hey, you know, if we're gonna talk about something about an owl, I don't know. If we're gonna talk about stop motion, I think you know what I have to talk about. Is it Voltaire? Oh god, here we go. You know what? It is Voltaire. Okay, everyone, listen up. Listeners, this might be a good time to go yep. make a sandwich or something like that. <laughs> or perhaps a steak burrito. No, a quesadilla. Voltaire, the multi-talented songwriter, filch writer, I think we already decided that. Um, he's a filter. <laughs> yes, he's, he's a, a filthy filter. filter. Uh, <laughs> he is, actually. You know just how dangerous that can be he also has he does um his own comic book he's done something called oh my goth and shishwan he has his own line of toys he has his he tours all the time with his music he's probably on tour 360 days a year and he just came out with a new movie that is all stop motion that is going to be uh, and narrated by Gary Newman, who, Dome, you know who Gary Newman is. I do indeed, and for those of you who don't, put your head next to the computer. So I can <laughs> stop Ted, really you're really hard. taking a beating tonight. I know, I really am, actually. <laughs> Gary Newman was a guy from the middle to late 70s, early 80s, who had this song called Cars and many, many other things, and, and he made I'm my uncle's great. head explode because he had eyeliner on and my uncle didn't he was like why would you want to go see him he's got eyeliner on like because he's cool eyeliner anyway uh... (laughs) 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 but it's if you look if you go to the site that we have up that we will be putting up you can see a little clip from the movie and it's really really cool it's like this pieces of a dinosaur bones all come back together and they start so when like, you originally said this, I just kind of went, yeah, okay, fine. Then I went and I looked at it. Uh, it's kind of cool. <laughs> he's very cool. He, he has yeah. done animation yes. for MTV. He's done animation for um, Cartoon Network. He's done... He, he did a song for the Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy. So, I mean, what, what more yes, credit he did. does he need? <laughs> he wrote the Brains song. Yep. Hey, he has a great song that makes fun of the sparkly vampires, okay? So, well, who the hell doesn't make fun of the sparkly vampires? Seriously, it's a good song. It's a good song. Here's a song about the yeah, the Star Trek episode where uh, Data bangs uh, what's her name there? Tashi R. Yeah, yes. there you go. But he has a, he also has a new book coming out called Call of the Jersey Devil that has an art in it from someone who does a lot of H.P. Lovecraft book plates of new printings of the books that are coming out. So this Jersey Devil looks really really cool. And oh, the name really? of the name of the movie is Odukuru. So that's O D O K U R O. Odukuru. E I E I O. Okay. Yes. Yeah. And his new album, his new CD, is called Bitrexual, because he couldn't decide it. He likes both Star Trek and Star Wars, so he calls himself Bitrexual. Um, just so you, I know, our listeners can't see this, but I am mopping the drool off the floor here in, <laughs> in the recording studio. And yes, he has seen my cleavage because every time we. All right, her, here, here we go again. Every time she brings up Voltaire, because we talk I about had, him I, leering I, at and her how he was quote <laughs> flirting with her, because because looking wait, at you wait, can wait, be flirting. Not, not. What last time he came to Manchester? You know, Dead Redhead goes up to him and says, remember me? And he goes, I'm sorry, I'm very bad with names and faces. And then she whips it off. And he goes, oh, yes. <laughs> okay, may, may the jury please be instructed. He used the phrase, and then she whips it off. <laughs> and he got back for it if you didn't hear it. <laughs> <laughs> I think when I see Voltaire. It, all I'm saying is it's a precursor to the 3D craze. It's just... <laughs> oh, oh, God. Stop it! Of course, it's it's uneven, so it's like, hello, Voltaire! <laughs> it's a Jerry right. Lewis kind of hello, lady! All right. I'm going to shut up now, because you, you all just make fun of me. 
Why would we do that? Hey, let's make fun of somebody else. How about Ryan? Was... How about the dead girl? <laughs> no, let's the dead girl. Who's the dead girl? No. Thank you. No. Oh, we don't make fun of Carolyn Johns. No, actually, I was going to make fun of uh, Airlock Alpha nicely. Uh, Mike Hinman, who's been on the show a bunch of times, has a, an alternative website called Airlock Alpha. It's a science fiction website, kind of like ours. He has podcasts, kind of like ours, and he does news, kind of like Not we really, do. Not really, though, because he actually and, does it. Well, yeah, he actually does news on his website, and a lot of it is sci-fi or sci-fi related, whatever. Yeah, and not with our quality, though. I mean, come on, for our guests. But certainly with more quantity. I mean, That's not... how, wait, but how many times has Ted Woods been on that show? Come on. Seriously. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's. It's the, that's, litmus, that's the, bar the right litmus there. test for greatness, right there. <laughs> So I, I was I was on Airlock Alpha the other day, and because I, I participate in something called the Portal Awards, because at some point we should have kind of like the Brain in a Jar Awards, but we haven't really gotten around to that yet. Um, and I saw one of his articles that he wrote on June 26th, Is There Television in Star Trek's Future? Roberto Orsi says there could be, but it's complicated. Well, if, if you really wanted to know how complicated it was, you had to listen to TalkCast 131, which was April 28th. That's right. And we had Spinrad on for an hour talking about just how complicated J.J. Abrams has made doing the Star <laughs> television series. Among so many other things <laughs> that we talked about. Including I should say that Norman Spinrad talked Norman about as we listened about. in awe. That's right. That's more like it. Well, one of the most interesting things he said was how J.J. Abrams was responsible for Wally, which, in fact, he wasn't. But that's okay. That's all right. We don't talk about that. He was still a very nice guy. Oh, he, not J.J. Abrams. Norman Spinrad. It was one of the more interesting shows we've ever done. But wow. J.J. <laughs> Abrams of... had had something to do with Wally. It would have been can, incomprehensible. Can can. Can I just? Uh, I just want to ask: it's hard. Do we have, Sorry. do we have the ability to splice together the Harlan Ellison interview with the uh, Norman Spinrad <laughs> interview, and have them just bounce off each other? Uh, yeah, we could do that. I don't know that, if that would be awesome or terrifying. I was that say, would that be, might cause an apocalypse. Or that would be a nuclear haiku. <laughs> It'd be like Freddy versus Jason. We we should invite them back to have a conversation together. Oh my god, no. They'd be like, so you have to tech that one. I refuse. Everyone would be in tears by the end, including us. You know what? I guarantee it would be the opposite. It'd be like, so how are the Lakers doing? Uh, I don't know. (laughs) We don't talk about sports here. So, anyhow, Mike, check us out every once in a while, and you would have known this months ago. Is there television in Star Trek's future? Not if J.J. Abrams has anything to say about it, and he clearly does. So, there you go. Okay. At least according to Norman Spinrad. Well, there was there that. We go. That happened. <laughs> do you feel better now? So, I do. I do. Uh, breaking news out of Bangor, Maine. Woo! Uh, which is, of course, hometown for... The guy who wrote Under the Dome. Yeah, what was um, his name? Bob. Uh, oh, no, Little Stevie King. That's, That's it. Who it was. Little Stevie King. And cross that one off the <laughs> list. <laughs> hey, Winter's coming at him to the list. We're just like... <laughs> We're knocking people off left and right. So, in Bangor, Maine, they are preparing for zombie apocalypse yeah that was an interesting article no 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 it was a really interesting article the the town of bangor actually set aside funding to stage like okay if there is a zombie apocalypse here's how the citizens of bangor need to respond somebody has too much money it's gonna happen well remember the cdc 
the CDC as um, a joke put out that article. Well, yeah, it was a joke, but it's I mean, but still, zombie apocalypse is actually a pretty good model for several different th- emergencies. Well, at then once. you shouldn't call it your zombie apocalypse model. You should call it your emergency model. Infectious disease slash invasion yeah. model. You know. But they, they went so far as to call it the zombie apocalypse scenario. Great. Yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't the Tim Gunn is wearing plaid scenario. Hey, it was hey. the zombie apocalypse scenario. Tim hey, Gunn can pull dis- off plaid. Tim Gunn can well, pull other off things he can pull We off do not just Tim Gunn or anywhere. Show. No, we don't. That's right. Ever. Ever. Make it work, people. That's right. <laughs> Plaid suspenders. He could do it. Yeah. In fact, I'm watching that right now, and it's somehow, awesome. somehow he could with spats. Yes, oh, you're making it better, not and worse. You realize that? <laughs> this continues well, to be. Before awesome. I end up describing the twelfth Doctor, are there any Doctor Who news out there? There's just a little bit. There's just oh. a little bit of Doctor Who news uh, for these. The seventh season. Shouldn't casting. we do the R.I.P. first? Well, I don't know. Do you want to do the sad part yes, first? Yes, let's do the, the sad part, part. Get it well, over let's... with, and then we can do the right. happy stuff so... and end on a good note. Okay. Okay, then. Yes, we... Um, news uh, broke last week, which uh, we did not catch in time for last week's show, but Carolyn Johns passed away, who played, uh, as all Doctor Who fans know, played Liz Shaw... Yay! Yo, the first companion of the third Doctor, John Pertwee. And she was only on for one season, but man, what a great, great season. She played a scientist, a female scientist, and she was a really strong character. She was the first uh, female companion to really be, you know, have a brain and stand apart from the Doctor and be like, hey, I'm a physicist. I don't have to go get you coffee. She was really good, and her... Her season introduced characters like the Silurians and the Sea Devils, and just, it was a very good, intelligent, well-written, well-filmed season of Doctor Who, and if you're not familiar with it, please go and see it. It's fantastic. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, she was the, the woman who actually turned the whole concept of the Companion into an actual part of the story rather than just another person there. Yeah, and yes, she did, went and did Royal Shakespeare Company, and you know what, that's great too. But <laughs> yeah. she was on Doctor Who, and that's what our listeners want to know about. Speaking of people on Doctor Who, season series seven series casting news has just come out, and I have three names for you. Yeah. Jessica Rain. Who? Liam Cunningham. Who? And David Warner. Ah! God, I love David Warner. I'm a humongous David Warner fan. And oh, God, yes. I'm extending a giveaway for Sci-Fi Saturday Night. If any of your listeners can can list off the the movie that David Warner had two roles in, and this movie was also featured on Mystery Science Theater 3000, if... A listener can can tell the name of that movie. I will give that listener a free sketch. Oh man! And Titanic. That's close. Tron. <laughs> Come on, listeners. No, it but uh, Avatar. That's how much I love David Warner. Is is yeah? He's he's awesome. So the most underrated actor ever. Well, he one of them, yeah, absolutely. So and awesome. I think oh my God, do I bring him to this new season? Plus, uh, Rory and what's her name leaving? Yay! <laughs> okay, <laughs> listeners out there, imagine the fireworks. <laughs> this close to July Fourth, absolutely. So it looks like it's going to be a really another really interesting season. Something that I'm Safety once again always group. looking forward to. Absolutely. Now, I do want to just uh, take a moment. Well, first of all, I want to say that David Warner did play the Doctor 
in a, a series of audio CDs. Oh, that's right. He did an, an alternate version of The Third Doctor, and he was fantastic. Oh, my God. He was so He's good. got a really good voice, and so, oh, yeah, yes. audio stuff he does. Because he, vo- he was oh. also the voice actor for Ra's al Ghul in Batman the Animated Series. Yes, right. yes he was. Good. He does tons of voiceover work, so yeah, he's he's got a really really unique voice. Great I love him accent. opposite Malcolm McDowell in Time After Time. Oh my God, what a great underrated movie that Talk is! Talk about a gem from 1980. Oh. And he played evil in yes. Time Bandits. Yes, he was in Time Bandits. Absolutely. Just okay for those of you who haven't seen Time Bandits or Time After Time. Put your head really close to the computer. <laughs> or slap. I've, seen, I've seen most of Time Bandits, that's for sure. Uh, I think I've seen Time Bandits at least half a dozen times. You only got to the John Cleese version. You only got to the John Cleese part and he had to stop. <laughs> Lord, how can you stop? Terry Gilliam is such a, an incredibly bizarre filmmaker. It's just yeah. wonderful. Just wonderful. Um, but no, I was also going to say... Um, I, I got some interesting comments from our listeners this week, and one of them was that we, um, it's like, I'm so sorry that you guys are, are hyping stuff, because he was talking about uh, last week when we were talking about how the new season of Doctor Who is supposed to have the Ice Warriors and some other classic monsters coming back for the 50th anniversary. He says, you know, not every sci-fi fan likes Doctor Who. Why do you keep talking about Doctor Who? Okay, whoever this the person is... of our show is... Cool shit we like. That's right. We like. We so, like it. Therefore, so we talk about it. If Bitch. you don't really like yeah. Doctor Who, what I'd like you to do is put your face really, really close. <laughs> <laughs> so I can just slap you. Definitely a trend going on now, tonight. Now, um, you, think, I, you think I'm feeling something here. All I'm saying is that we will continue to speak about Doctor Who because we love it and you should give it a chance. Because, oh. you know, yeah. it's been on, been on since 1963, might have some sort of following, might have some sort of impact <laughs> on science fiction. Okay, now, to be honest, now, in, in, in full disclosure, I've got to say that I don't hold the original series up until the the latest reboot in terribly high regard because it was the kind of Dark Shadows-ish type show for me that I just never really got into as much as I tried. It's because you're not taking your medicine, Dome. Oh, shit. The hair would grow back if you would just take those pills. Oh. (laughs) Okay, X, so what I'd like you to do now... Right up close to the computer, so I can slap you. Now get this: I've also heard from listeners this week, since last time I've talked to you. We apparently we need more interviews with um, Frankie B. Washington and Bob Shaw. Okay. These suggestions did not come from Frankie B. Washington or Bob Shaw. We also I, need more interviews with Ted Woods. Well, that, that be- goes without saying. And that's why we have Ted with us tonight. <laughs> oh my gosh, we do? That's awesome. <laughs> no, uh, where is he? I want to get his autograph. At, like the feedback I got this week, I'm like, well, this is a really random mix. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what, Frankie? We want you on anyway because I want to talk to you about South Coast Fair and, and we're going to do that. So, Frankie, I know you listen when you're working on Saturday nights because I've seen you tweet me back and go, yeah, I'm checking it out right now. So <laughs> when you hear this, shoot me an email. <laughs> oh, man, where are we going? Oh, um, are we going to make fun of Ryan Reynolds yet? Okay, time. Who wants to do it? You do it, X. Me? I, got no- I never saw a Green Lantern. I got nothing oh, okay. against the guy. <clears throat> He's never been in my kitchen. <laughs> I saw Van Wilder. Like. <laughs> Would you have done that? Ow. What, no. Why did you, what was it like? All right, well, you, you either have to watch Van Wilder or gnaw off your left arm with your teeth. <laughs> <laughs> well, being the, yeah, I mean, it was on TV and I was, you know, 
too lazy to move. Never seen the remote is 18 inches away open the whole time and he's forced to watch that is what it was for me in van wilder but um no also actually there is a good ryan reynolds movie out there it's called paper man and it's a really really good movie jeff daniels stars and it's got emma stone ryan reynolds and kieran culkin okay that's an incredible cast right there yeah yeah it's a paper man. It's a really great movie. It's Ryan Reynolds before he was a Reynolds. So, yeah. Just going to throw that out there now. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds, as far as I'm concerned, has single-handedly ruined Green Lantern. Even though it's probably not all his fault, there were so many bad acting choices in this. As well as bad CGI, bad script, bad shooting, blah 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 blah. blah. That it's just ridiculous. So, having ruined one franchise, he's about to ruin the Highlander franchise. Uh, yeah. But but wait a minute. There, Let's there point can, out there can only there's... be one. There can be only one. And that That's why I never saw the Lambert. sequels. I never saw the TV show because there can be only one. And you know what? That first movie ended. Game over. There was no to be continued. So it's so, not like I mean, the never-ending story where you can get as many sequels as you want. Or every yeah, every Red Skull movie. Whatever. Yeah, you're right. More time. Yeah. Red Skull. I'll take another Red Skull movie. <laughs> I mean, why are we... We're, we're in a reboot hell phase right now. Yeah, why are we picking things like Highlander to reboot? No kidding. The only thing that was good about it, really, really, if hey. you think about it, was Sean Connery. No. No, Christopher Lambert. How about the soundtrack? The soundtrack was awesome. The the sure. directing was... Uh, no, I really like the first Highlander movie. I think it's a why? great film. It's it wasn't fun. a bad film it's at all. Clan- no. It's Clancy Brown's defining role as the That's Kurgan. True. He's awesome in that. That's I don't know. I watched I, I, it, I and I felt like I'd been punched in the face over, oh, no. and over and over, and that was... No. Like, really? The plot was weird, and the acting was overdone. And oh, I loved it. I loved I it. I thought so- I thought that the headline should, be, should have been... Duran Duran video director makes good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because he didn't do it with Duran Duran. Yeah, but no, I really liked the movie. I thought it was it was the fun. movie's good, and um, you know, the TV series I liked it. You know, from what I saw of it, and I didn't watch it from beginning to end. But you I know, I did not watch the TV. Wait series. a minute! Wait a minute! You didn't watch the TV series, but you certainly called about getting a sword about from the series. Hey! Hey! Okay. That has something to do with a watermelon filled with vodka, okay? Okay. That's all I'm saying. No, tell the drunken Highlander story, please. Why? No, it was... Oh, wait, kids. Hold on. Hold on. Everybody, sit back, relax. (laughs) Pull up your beverage of choice because it's time to hear the drunken watermelon story. (laughs) The drunken Highlander story. That sounds even better. Brought to you by... The dead redhead. Take it away, because we're all ears right now. There was a party at a house, not the house we are at, but another house. I think it was my graduation party for my master's. But anyway. No, 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 no. This it was yeah, yeah, no, no. Yeah. It, it, was at, it was at the old Is apartment. it important yeah. to the story? <laughs> no, not. Move along. Come on. We so, want to get to the good part no, with the, no, the sword and the... It would be really funny to try to make one of those watermelons filled with vodka and then have everybody eat it and get drunk from eating the watermelon. But to put the the vodka in the watermelon and it really didn't do much of anything. But so she decided to make shots out of the watermelon instead. Speaking of Duran Duran. Um, and so we were watching. You got drunk. Move on. <laughs> so we're watching. They started showing those ads. If you remember, they were constantly showing the ads to get the Highlander television series on DVD. Or, okay. Or that far back. Or it could have been VHS at that point. Anyway, they were like, you have to call and we'll give you all this free stuff and everything. So we called. <laughs> we were like, hey, we're interested. Can we get the catalog with all the stuff? 
and they sent us the catalog and for like two months we both got bombarded with calls saying don't you want to buy our stuff and we're like no really we don't so and that's the story no you yes. told me that you made a guy uh, the the telemarketer cry because they were like oh i see you love highlander and yeah, you, we you like, told no. us and you're like no i was cracked and i have no idea what highlander is <laughs> stop calling and abusing my puppies <laughs> Whatever. Harlan Ellison is a telemarketer? <laughs> <laughs> if he was, there wouldn't be any problem. He wouldn't allow it. That's right. There you go. See, it wasn't that interesting. I remember if Harlan Ellison me, was like, a telemarketer, a so you like Highlander, like, wouldn't be a question. Like, why do you make a telemarketer? <laughs> Why? Because they want to sell me Highlander crap. Why they want to do that? Well, because I kind of asked them to. <laughs> like, well, the, what the what? It wasn't that funny. You know what? Don't we have a poll to do? <laughs> well, before we have a poll to do, I want to talk about something peripherally involved with the poll. And that is that at uh, Comic-Con in San Diego, the entire Firefly, Firefly cast will reunite. For so. the show's 10th anniversary. Woo! Yay! And it's going to be the entire cast. Everybody's going to be there from the cast. Wasn't it that show that only lasted a season and, you know... They okay, X, you know what? You liked Highlander. So what I'd like <laughs> you to do... Is I'm just giving really you a hard close time. to the computer so I can just slap you. I love Serenity. Firefly was an amazing series. It was one of Joss Whedon's defining series, even though it only lasted 14, actually 17 episodes. But it was amazing. And for the 10th anniversary, they're reuniting at Comic-Con in San Diego. It should be uh, an incredible panel. Uh, and you know, I'm sorry. I really want to shake up the hornet's nest tonight. I Let me ask you this. Do you think that the reason Firefly is so beloved is the fact that it got canned before it could go bad? Like his other series that people Ed, are like, well, the last really season was next questions Before you get into trouble. No, seriously. Seriously. seriously, seriously. It's, it's a really dumb yeah. question. No, let him go on. Let him go on. No, please. No, 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 no. I like no, no, no. Because and people, I've talked okay, to people who don't, even think don't Dollhouse 14 was 14 episodes, long. not 17. Right. By the way. Reality is, okay, let's take a look at Buffy. How many yeah. seasons did that Too many. run? Seven. Too many. Let's Thank take a look you. at Angel. How many seasons Still did that Still not through the last one. Five. Mm -hmm. Actually, the last one wasn't bad. Yeah, the last season was probably the best. <laughs> I just can't bring myself to care So, anymore. yes, after that, there were two short-run series. It was Firefly, and then there was Dollhouse, which we're in for two seasons. The reality is, it set the springboard for him to do some amazing work. And also set up people like Nathan Fillion. Well, career. now that we're done pontificating, what's the pull? Pontificate? Not me. And I don't believe in pontification. Pull, pull, pull. Mm -hmm. So, having said that, what was the poll about this week, Dead Redhead? This week, what? Major spoiler alert. Major spoiler alert, because if you don't know Joss Whedon's work and you'd like to get into it, you probably don't want to listen to the next five minutes or so. Go in the other room, put your hands over your ears, start humming, and not just listen to like what we that. have to say. Okay? We're telling, <laughs> yes, just like that. So make sure you do that and do not blame us if you hear something that you shouldn't be hearing, okay? So character, do you wish jo Wow, I can't believe this is happening right now. <laughs> what? Okay. This is the cursed I know. podcast. I swear. No, this this is I'm sorry, it's totally my fault. Yeah, I know. God, I brought a hex down on you guys. This is this is the cursed uh, uh, Facebook poll because this so is wait, exactly what's since, happened. Since we can't hear X or Dead Redhead right now, who is number three again? No, we can't hear you at all, X. And, and you know what? I number can't even bring three. up... How about okay, now? kind of. Okay? 
Yeah, go ahead. If I if I deep throat the mic, will you be able to? I don't hear? know. Let's try and find out. <laughs> you better take a picture and send it to us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think we lost them again. And then we lost her. Again. This is the yeah. Mic. Okay, so. The question was, which character do you wish Joss Whedon had not killed off? I think off? you're too close now, but sure. Okay. Okay. So, the, coming in at number three was Shepard Book from Firefly. Right. Very beloved. All right, just get through it because we, we don't have too long. Okay. And then number two was Agent Phil Coulson from the Avengers uh-huh. movie that we just had. And number one was... This is like ridiculous. <laughs> so, number one was Wash, and let's talk to Ted now. And we'll never do that poll ever again. You know what? It's probably the you ghost of Wash oh. coming down to smite us. I wouldn't be surprised. I guess like I didn't, I didn't get to vote in that poll. But if I was gonna say a character that I wish Joss wouldn't have killed, it was the girl in Doctor Horrible. Um, that's just me, though. So, actually, that was one of the uh, one of the choices there. Did well, you yeah, vote? I presumed. Um, and if if I had voted, I would have voted for her. But that's just me. So anyway, so um, I'm they're, they're all... still trying to talk over there. By <laughs> that's <point>. amusing. <laughs> Which I find oh, really boy. amusing. Oh boy! Anyway, because we can't. Uh, okay, so I'm, I'm going to get off of this topic before Wash's ghost tries to, you know, smite me as well. But... Joining us for the second half of the show is Ted Woods. Ted! <laughs> okay, so... So, Ted, when we talked to you and said, hey, I want to be on the show, you said, I have a lot of cool shit I'd like to talk about because there's a lot of new stuff going on for me. So, I, yeah, take it away. Accurate, actually. Um, because, okay, so first of all, um, I've got my, last time I was on the show, I was promoting my, my very first comic book. It was called The Book of Love, and it had three short stories in it. And now, the second issue is out, and it's got three more short stories in it. And each issue has, like, the short stories are all completely different genres and different stuff, standalone stories, so you don't have to read the first issue to understand the second one. Um, but, but yeah, like in the second issue, the three stories, one of them is about a werewolf and a witch in the middle ages. The second one is about a, uh, world war one story. I'll just say that. And then the third one is a combination of science and romance. If you can imagine that, um, which that description was concocted by none other than Julie Mayers, um, another interviewee on, on sci-fi Saturday night. But anyway, so Book of Love Volume 2, it's almost sold out. So there's going to be another printing of it, which is awesome. But Where are they able to buy that, by the way? Um, I've been selling them at conventions, but the cool thing, one of the many cool things that's going on is I'm actually getting ready to get these available for digital download. So I'll definitely let you guys know when when they're available and where, and I'll be announcing them on my Facebook, on my DeviantArt, on my uh, website, and you can find links hopefully on uh, on uh, SciFiSaturdayNight.com, of course. Absolutely. So that's the first awesome thing that I've I've got to talk about. The second awesome thing is I am now a contributing writer for the website geekstronomy.com which is a really cool site it's all about geek pop culture stuff that's just really really great tons of reviews about movies tv um, merchandise that you can get news that's coming out everything and anything you need to know about nerdy stuff which i mean that's an endless well of that you can draw from really so um and i'm actually going to be posting a review of the john carter dvd um, next, uh, so that's going to be cool. So what did, okay, let's, let's stop and talk about that for a minute. What did you think, you know, because John Carter was like this phenomenal failure. Well, on, it, uh, it's, it's sad because I think there's a lot of little and I guess big, uh, reasons that John Carter kind of bombed in the box office. Um, 
One of the things, okay, so John Carter, if those of you that either saw the movie and never read the book or you know don't even know what John Carter is. Oh, God. For those of you who don't know what it is. Get up to the screen. <laughs> get really, really close to the screen so I can slap you in the head. Um, so. There you are. You're back. They're back. Why, no, kids? They're now. back. I think it is the ghost of Wash. I'm convinced. <laughs> Never do wow. this all again. Like, in fact, only, yeah, yeah, it's, um, okay, so John Carter. All right, the, the book is called Princess of Mars, and it's by Edgar Rice Burroughs, and it was written in 1912, 100 years ago. Woo. Those of you that, like me, can't do math. Um, and... The book is seriously an amazing book. Um, it's it's really, I mean, George Lucas and James Cameron have both set, been quoted as saying that that book is one of their inspirations. Um, that was the springboard of his very largest, most uh, well-received series. Then he had the Mars series, he had the Venus yeah. series, he had the There's Middle the Earth series. It was amazing. Very yeah. prolific writer. Um no. But but anyway, so the movie they've ever since the books came out, filmmakers have been wanting to make John Carter into a movie for the last hundred years since filmmaking really started up. So there's tons of abandoned projects and demo reels and stuff floating around the internet. Of like, you know, people trying to make it but it never went down. So anyway, John Carter movie, Disney picked it up. Pixar was doing it. It was like tons of great promise. And go over well for one reason or another. Critics didn't realize the historical importance of of all that stuff, which is really big a big deal. And I don't know that critics ever really realize the historical importance of of films. Oh I mean, yeah, they look, you know it's basically pop candy culture. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so I'm going to be doing a review of the DVD, which the, the sad thing is because the movie didn't do well in theaters, they didn't really make the DVD Blu-ray thing very, you know, filled with special features. But because, I mean, it's Pixar doing the special effects. So, I mean, you know, there could have been tons and tons and tons of hours of special features that they could have shown off. But... You know, hey, I think it's. I think John Carter is going to be one of those movies that, at the time, did not of its release did not do well. But people look back on it in retrospect and be like, "Yeah, that was a pretty cool movie, actually." So, um, so I mean, yeah. seriously, did you like the movie? Was you know- I, I really liked it. It's vastly different from the book, um, and the way it did I take always- a lot of liberties. Yeah, it did. And um, but the cool thing is Michael Chabon, who's a fantastic writer was was a part of the writing process which is was very encouraging um the director um his name escapes me but the director of wally and finding nemo it's not jj abrams um, <laughs> but, um but yeah so like really good story construction um the plot was a little convoluted um if you have never read the book and you didn't really understand everything about Barsoom, which is the martian word for mars well wait uh, wait wait let's 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 be fair the the book itself was a little convoluted yeah, okay you're right but anyway <laughs> it's a hundred years old man i was gonna I, say the year 1900 was a little convoluted like the whole thing thank you well the oz books are around the same time and even they had a better way to get their character into you the can't be way. fucking serious Woo! you're gonna compare no. the oz series to this and tell me that the oz series was a better written book Oh, don't you even. I've read oh, all 15 oh, novels. If we yell over each other, no one can hear. Oh. Cage match. Ready? X. Here. Go. We're all friends here. We can all be friends. It's okay. <laughs> but anyway, so... Hi, I'm Robert Osborne, and uh, tonight uh, we're going to be showing John Carter. Uh, it's not as good as Wizard of Oz, because Bert <laughs> Lahr was not in it. Um, I swear to God, I'm gonna... and the uh, and the yeah. starring actress wasn't hopped up on ten <laughs> kinds of pills and have plugs up her nose. That's right. Did you guys know that that happened? They put plugs up that poor girl's nose because they thought it was too narrow. 
And that's why she sounds funny through that movie. Anyway, trivia because time is over. Because Abbott was born. Oh. So now yeah, we'll never after, have Judy Garland um, on the show. Keep going. Um, so, yeah, I'm writing for geekstronomy.com. <laughs> <laughs> See what I have to put up with here, Ted? Do you see what I'm putting up? I'm sorry, what you're putting up with? Go out to you. I mean, it's just, it's sad, really. No, (laughs) I love you all. You're all awesome. (laughs) We Uh, love you, man. In all seriousness, you are a great guest. We like having (laughs) you on, man. (laughs) Um. So anyway, so the next thing that I want to talk about is there's a, I did some sketch cards for Unstoppable Cards, which is a UK company, sketch card company, um, and I did I did artwork for two sketch card sets. One of them was the original Night of the Living Dead, um, George A. Romero movie. So I did some cards of that, and that's a really good movie. Um, yes. so since the first time I saw it was once I got picked up for this set. So. <laughs> Are you serious? Completely. Oh, really? Really? Oh. <laughs> We've discussed this. Um, but, but yeah, so that was a lot of fun. And then the other sketch card set that I was a part of for them was the Avengers. Yay. But not, but not the, like, you know, Captain America Avengers. Okay. Let me clarify. It's, uh, the British 1960s T- spy TV show Avengers. Very different. Steed. Di- yeah. Diana Rigg is really good at wearing tight leather. I'll just say, <laughs> um, Honor Black oh, yeah. oh yeah. But yeah, no, that was so that was a lot of fun doing those. Um and those will be available um very soon, actually, I know. Um and you can go to unstoppablecards.com um to see what they've got there. Because they've got tons of other sets that they're working on. Um and I just did some lettering work for Shot in the Dark Comics. Um I've done their books, uh Raphael. Uh, Myth Hunter and um, what was the other one? The Father Keeper. Um, and actually, The Father Keeper was really cool because the colorist on it is a friend of mine, Jason Westlake. He is a great colorist. He is a really, really great artist. And he's a Detroit local area artist. So definitely check out his stuff, Jason Westlake Illustration. Um, so it's it's really cool. Um Let's see, what else am I working on? Um, I just posted, I'm presuming some of your listeners are fans of this show called Futurama or something. Oh, boy. (laughs) Uh, I'm a huge fan of Futurama, actually. So I posted on my eBay page, Ted Wood's Art, um, all of my Futurama sketch cards. So definitely check those out. Um, And... Um, yeah, sketch cards are a lot of fun to draw. Um, hey, Ted, when, when did you start doing sketch cards? Uh, that's really funny for you to ask because um, I've been living in the Michigan area for just about two years now, and I didn't start drawing sketch cards until like you know a year and a half ago. Because uh, when I moved up here, I got in touch with all the artists around here, and they were like, oh, yeah, sketch cards is like you know pretty much all we do around here. And I'm like, really? What are those? And they're like, are you serious? So, yeah, I'm. I, not only have I not seen every movie that comes out, not only have I not seen all the cool TV shows, I don't even know what sketch cards are. So. <laughs> um, yeah, well, you know, I'm. I'm actually. I think my excuse for all of this is I was raised in Kansas, so um, that's the explanation right there. Um, no information gets in or out of that state. <laughs> Um, and I'm not making that up. <laughs> um, Kansas generates information. Evidently not. Evidently not. So, um, yeah, any listeners in Kansas, get out while you still can. Um, but <laughs> if you're listening to this right now, you're a part of the resistance. So, <laughs> love it. But anyway, so. I, when I came to Michigan, I met artists like uh, Tony Maiello and Bruce Gerlach and Jason Westlake, obviously, um, and Jay Shimko, 
And a lot of them do a lot of the Star Wars um, sketch cards for Lucasfilm, and they do tons of other sketch cards for like Bragent Marketing and Unstoppable, obviously, and um, just tons of stuff like that. And for any of you that don't know what a sketch card is, by the way, it's a, about the size of a baseball card, two and a half by three and a half inches, but it's a blank, usually on Bristol board, which is what comic book artists typically draw on. Um, it's just a blank piece of paper that is the size of a baseball card and you can get you can either buy them yourself and get artists to draw on them for you or you can usually find them for sale on eBay like what I've got um, and there's companies that have them and hire artists to do really amazing work um, other artists that I've seen do really great sketch cards um, I think Sarah Richard has done some uh, oh gosh yeah she's, she's awesome she's done a lot yes well, see, the reason I ask is because, you know, some artists just don't like doing sketch cards at all and had to be dragged into doing it. But, yeah. like, two years ago, I bought one of your first sketch cards, your Harley Quinn, which I thought was just incredibly cool. <laughs> yeah. And I, I had mentioned to you that uh, this year I was looking for She-Hulk, and you had the most amazing She-Hulk this year. I liked drawing that one, too. I, I was really liking how that one was turning out. So, um, And you can see both of those cards on my DeviantArt page, by the way. You can, and it is so cool. So cool. Um, but, but, yeah, the I guess, like, for me, it was really rough kind of coming into the whole sketch card thing because my main thing is comics. Um, and so it's, it's not like I'm – I mean, I'm used to working small because some panels can end up being really small. And – um, but the funny thing is, is like with sketch cards, you typically use markers, which I'd never really gotten into before. But now I'm really, really liking using markers with colored pencils over them to create cool effects. Um, and and yeah, like sketch cards, it's it's funny because a lot of artists really would never say, oh, I'm a sketch card artist. Um, but it's a really great springboard for artists to just, you know, you know show their work to other people, get their stuff out there in a very quick and very uh, wide way. Um, it gives you a chance to draw tons of stuff. Like I've got, obviously I've got Futurama um, and, you know, She-Hulk and Harley Quinn. Um, I've done some zombie ones. I've done Night of the Living Dead. I did Avengers. I've, I've got some Street Fighter ones. I've got tons of G.I. Joe ones. I'm doing Star Wars ones right now. And it's just... I mean, the variety is endless because it's, since it's original art, you can always get something new with it. And it's just a ton of fun because it doesn't take the artist overly long to get one done. So they just churn them out really, really quick. Sometimes. And as a collector, I love Sketch Cards Kriana and I have a whole collection of them. And we love them because not only are they generally less expensive than a print, which mm -hmm. is a positive for me. Yes. Um, they're also great if you have limited display space because yes. i know we go to cons and we buy all these gorgeous you know oh yeah you, 11 by 20 prints and we get them home and we're like where are we gonna put these we don't have any more space on the wall to hang these up and the sketch cards will fit just about anywhere yeah and what i do when i'm at a convention i have all my sketch cards in a binder i just use those like uh sleeve pages that you use for baseball cards um, and I've just got a binder and I, I mean, they're really easy to store. Um, and the great thing about sketch cards, like I said, it's original artwork. Um, very, like sometimes you'll see artists that make prints of their sketch cards, but the whole kind of the whole point of sketch cards is that it's original. And it's a unique piece of artwork. Um, you know, if you, you bring, you can, and the great thing is, is it's, it's even the even cheaper way to go. If you're a fan is you can go to like, I mean, you can go to like Michael's or Hobby Lobby or Joann's or any of those craft stores and get a pack of 20 blank sketch cards for like two bucks. Yeah. Okay. And just bring that to a convention. You've got like 20 of them that you can get different artists to do sketches for you right there. And that's a very cost effective way of getting original art in a very, con you know, space saving way. You know, so one of the cool things about like, you know, Boston and, and all the, major Comic-Cons right now, is that there's, and, and I don't know that people realize this or not, you can buy a print of a really 
gorgeous piece of artwork for $20. You can buy a sketch card for five bucks. Yeah. This is, and this is stuff that you might see someplace else, but you're not going to see it like this. No. You know, I mean, yeah. How many Supergirl or, or uh, She-Hulks did I see at Boston? But how many original ones did I see? Oh, my gosh. There you go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my gosh. And and actually, speaking of conventions, I was just at Heroes Con just last weekend, which is down in Charlotte, North Carolina. And that, that was my first time down there. And that is a fantastic comic convention. It was very focused on the artists. And there were tons and tons of stuff going on there. It was some really great panels. Stan Lee was there, so everyone was kind of having that fangasm moment. Uh, but... I'm breathing the same air as Stan Lee. <laughs> but um, but yeah, no, it was it was a really great show, um, and lots of people were doing sketches there. Do, you know, you know, people were buying sketch cards, comics, prints, everything. I mean. Lots of stuff was going on, and it was really cool. Kind of funny, you know, Boston Comic-Con is a big cosplay show. You know, I got to say, uh, of the the shows that I do, I think Boston has the most cosplayers, um, at least, like, percentage-wise. And it's just, that's always really fun just to see all the different costumes. But Heroes... I've I've never seen that many normally dressed people at a comic. <laughs> that was so weird. Something I, wrong with like a you know like in the right building right now. It was kind of weird. Um, I, mean, I saw there was a bunch of people dressed up as either Hawkeye or Black Widow, depending on their gender. Um, <laughs> or both. Oh, you gotta watch that. Um, but there, I mean. I remember, like, there was Supergirl. There was there was a, a Cobra Commander from the movie GI Joe, the live action GI Joe Rise of Cobra movie, and that made me excited because I'm a huge nerd at GI Joe. Actually, it was really Christopher Eccleston. He had nothing else to do since Doctor mm. Who, so. <laughs> uh, but he was Destro in the movie. He was Destro. Oh, uh, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. Yeah. Um, oh. Did I call all the red, 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 red. Um, what's his name? All the girls like him these days. Um, Illustrator X. <laughs> <laughs> Ted Woods. That's his name. <laughs> uh, no, it was. Um, he doesn't have shoulders, but he's not Shia LaBeouf. It's the other guy that doesn't. Have <laughs> Five hundred days of summer. That guy. Um, no freaking clue. Um, have you oh, heard oh. the Shia LaBeouf the Cannibal song? Just to interject a completely random moment because you said Shia not. LaBeouf and now it's stuck in my head. So some listener is gonna type in, "You idiots!" It was you know so and so actor playing in Five Hundred Days of Summer and Cobra Commander and all that jazz. No, it's um. I'm gonna think of it like when we finish recording. Of course you will. Of course you will. <laughs> Ferguson line, and that will be next week's bumper. Yeah, you uh, can use that for the bumper. <laughs> hey, you know who it was? It was. Oh, never mind. I'm totally gonna do that. No, anyway. So, Ted, what have you got coming up in the next couple of months? Um, honestly, I'm actually, I'm finally getting a break. Oh, my God. I've been needing it. So, because I've been doing conventions, like, once and twice a month for the past couple months. Um, but what I'm working on right now, um, I'm going to be writing the script of the next Book of Love comic, which is actually going to be one long story instead of three short ones. It's, the goal right now is to keep it under 100 pages. And all I'll tell you right now is that I hope you're a fan of Greek mythology. But if you're not, that's okay, because you soon will be if you read this comic. Um, so I'm a big Greek mythology nerd. So um, Is it Atalanta? Because I think that one's so romantic. I don't know why, but I do. No. <laughs> Ted Woods, you have disappointed me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Is it Jason I and the Argonauts? Because I think there's a movie about that. No. uh <laughs> we could do this all day denying all the greek myths you list out i'm not a problem it's but, lita and the swan isn't it no no it's um it's lisa strata no anyway but 
Uh, I did her in college. That's okay. But anyway, so that's what I'm working on now, and that's going to be coming out next year. And this this is going to be like awesome. I'm so excited about this book. Um, also, what I'm working on, I'm trying to get a lot more prints and sketch cards done because the next the next um, comic convention I'm doing is Detroit Fanfare, but that's in October. It's two weeks after New York, I think. It's one or two. Yeah, I think it's two weekends after New York. Um, but Detroit Fanfare, if you guys didn't know, is a fantastic comic convention. Um, and last year, last year was a lot of fun. I got to walk by Peter Weller at the um, at the nice. creators party thing. So that was pretty cool. And um, at the first Detroit Fanfare, um, I had Stan Lee sign my copy of How to Draw Comics the Marvel Way. Oh, nice! Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> so that was pretty cool. And um, I don't know. Uh, usually the guests are are. It's kind of like heroes, where all the guests are somehow comic related, and the artists are the focus. So Detroit Fanfare. If you're in the Michigan area. Definitely check out that show. It's um, it's in the fall, and Motor City Comic Con is in the spring. So there's something for you every six months around here. Um, Ted, but will, will we be seeing you in Boston next year? Um, yes. <laughs> I'm never going to not do Boston, if you know what I mean. Awesome, <laughs> Ted. We're, I I won an Emma Peel next year in her outfit oh, yeah. from the. Oh. Uh, I'm totally going to do that. Excellent. Uh, and if again, From the Hellfire Club. We, we were across, I was, me and Julie uh, were sharing a table this last year, and we were across right. from the Sci-Fi Saturday Night booth. And so that was really cool, and I hope that we get to do that again, because I'm going to just start throwing stuff at you guys. We're <laughs> <laughs> going on. Um, over the fans as they mingle across the aisles. So if it's those muffins that you had this past oh. time. Yeah, yeah. We'll take those. Greatest convention food ever. Like that best idea I've ever had. So so yeah. Definitely if you're gonna be at a comic convention, bring muffins and you'll definitely get on everyone's good side. There so you go. bring uh, muffins to Ted Woods. Oh, no, and by the way, so I was at Wizard World Chicago um, last year, and it it kind of stunk because I forgot to bring us my large sketchbook one day. And um, I, I got a sketch commission from somebody, and they didn't have a sketchbook, and I was like, oh, crap, I need to find some paper right now. Um, and so I started scouring the – I just w- went and asked all the other artists down my aisle – and the guy was like, yeah, I've got some paper. I guess I could trade you for something. And I was like, oh, crap. I've got to, like, you know, pay him for this. And I was like, you know, um, my, my, my brother's wife, they live in Chicago, so I was staying with them. And my sister-in-law is a fantastic cook, and I'm a fantastic eater. So, you know. <laughs> um, and so she, works. she made some homemade blueberry muffins uh, that <laughs> for me and I took a few of them to the convention and so I was like okay I don't really have any art that I want to trade with you but I was like how about a blueberry muffin a homemade blueberry muffin for some paper he's like here take a book artists like, <laughs> 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 need to eat too <laughs> oh, yeah. no I've I've definitely done sketches for people that gave me food at a convention so um, that's a that's you know little hint if you ever want to really get on an artist's good side of the convention, pay them with food. Ted, You'll, I'll make you peanut butter cookies if you give me an MMPL. Oh, no, and like seriously, like bring like a, a plate full of those homemade cookies. That's <laughs> <laughs> want, yeah. But um, that's not true. But <laughs> oh. it is, oddly enough. Wow. But, How'd anyway. you do in Boston? Well,. <laughs> I lost two hundred dollars and gained fifty pounds. That was great. Oh man! So listen, Ted, we're looking forward to seeing you again. Sounds like some really exciting stuff is happening. Yep. And as things come more towards fruition, clearly you're coming back. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Cool. Yeah. And speaking of coming back, X, what have we got going on in the next couple of weeks? Oh, wouldn't you like to know? Oddly enough, yeah, I would. Actually. Okay, then. 
Well, next week, we're all going to squeeze into our spandex for UK Lee and Josh Adams' new documentary, Cosplayer Nation. Then, on July 14th, it's actor Doug Jones. <laughs> returning to tell us why we should watch his new movie, The Watch. That's not Doug Jones. Yeah, okay, that's enough out of you. <laughs> then on July 21st, it's anime producer, director, designer, industry legend, Jan Scott Frazier. And on August 4th, we go wave over Banana Tales creator, Mark McKenna. Sci-Fi Saturday Night is the official podcast of the Granite State Comic Con, the Boston Comic Con, and ComicArthouse.com. Visit ComicArthouse.com for the best deals on original art from dozens of your favorite artists. Tonight's outro music provided by The Traffic Lights. Pick up their CD, Hold a Folk, at RobWattsOnline.com. Dome? I want to thank Ted Woods for joining us tonight. Ted, thank you so much. You've made it... Gosh, it, it's like we just did this the other night. <laughs> I have that nostalgia power. It's amazing, isn't it? Anyway, from the Revere Time Vortex, the sweetheart of the soundboard, Kriana and Grammar Girls on Brilliant. Thank you, hey. ladies. Good night. From the Four Color Vault of Comics, thank you to Illustrator X and that dead redhead and that cat that's bombing around over there. So very muffins. <laughs> this is Dome saying, Voltaire, stay away from her cleavage. Good night, everyone. Good?